the mitzvah kufayin ches, the positive mitzvah 178. This is the command that we have been commanded, that we must give our testimony in front of the judges to everything that we might know. Whether by testifying so we would be causing a loss to the person who we're testifying against, or saving a person that we are testifying on his behalf to benefit him, whether it's a monetary issue or it's a capital issue, we are obligated to testify on all this and to tell the judges that that we have seen or that what we have heard. The Chachamim, uh, a blessed memory peace unto them, brought the proof for this obligation from what it says in the Pasuk in the Torah in Vayikra, Pedik Hei, Pasuk Aleph, Vuhu Eid, if he is a witness, he had seen or he knows. One who transgresses this mitzvah, that means one who holds back his testimony and doesn't testify, his sin is very grave. And that is also said in the Pasik over there, as the Pasik continues in Lo Yagid, if he doesn't speak up, he doesn't save, and he'll carry his sin. This is a general concept for all things that you may know that has an implication to others. However, if this is a testimony that you held back was a monetary testimony and you swore uh, to the fact, uh, the witness swore to the fact while denying that he knows any testimony, he holds back the testimony, and then in order to repent for this, he would be liable for the carbon oil of the that the carbon goes up and down, meaning in price, depending on your ability to pay. As the Pasuk over there continues in the Pesukim in Perak Hay, from Pasuk Hay through Pasuk Yud. The details of this mitzvah have been articulated in the Tractate Sanhedrin and in the Tractate Shavuos. Mitzvah 317, the prohibition... Um, Shin Yud Zayin. Um, Shin Yud Zayin. So it says, the, the 317th prohibition is that we are forbidden from cursing any Jew. The source of this prohibition is God's statement, you shall not curse the deaf. I will now explain why only the deaf are mentioned? When a person, in accordance with his impression of the damage he has suffered, is aroused to take revenge against the person who harmed him, he will not rest until he takes revenge to match the damage he feels. Only then will he, his desire be put to rest and the impression erased from his mind. Some people will calm down after just cursing and shaming the other person, keeping in mind the extent of damage and shame that they feel is due to the other person. Sometimes it is more serious, and he won't be calmed until he destroys all the person's possessions, realizing the pain he will cause him through his destructions. At times, 
it is even more serious. And he won't be calm until he takes physical revenge through beating the person or causing him loss of limb. Sometimes it could reach the most serious level when he won't be calmed until he kills the person and nullifies his very existence. And sometimes the the transgression is so small that he doesn't even want to punish the other person. He will be calmed merely by yelling, getting angry at him, or cursing him, even so quietly that if the person was present, he wouldn't hear. It is well known that hot-tempered people will calm down even with this reaction when the offense was very minute. Although the other person will not know of his anger nor hear his curse. We might think that the Torah prohibits cursing a Jew only when he will hear it because of the shame and pain he feels. But there is nothing wrong with cursing a deaf person since he doesn't hear it and doesn't feel any pain as a result. The Torah therefore told us that this too is forbidden because it is concerned not only with the one who is being cursed but with the one who is uttering the curse. A person is prohibited from gearing himself for revenge and becoming accustomed to getting angry. We indeed find that our sages used this verse, do not curse the deaf, to prove that it is prohibited to curse any Jew. Thus Sifra says, this verse speaks only of a deaf person. How do we know that all Jews are included? From the phrase of the Pasuk, a nasi of your people do not curse. If so, why does the verse mention specifically the deaf? To teach you that cursing the deaf is excluded, just as the deaf are alive. No, to teach you that cursing the dead is excluded, just as the deaf are alive, the prohibition likewise includes anyone who is alive. And the Mechilta says, the phrase, do not curse the deaf, refers to even the most downtrodden human beings. When we say that this transgression is punishable by lashes, it is only when the curse was uttered using God's name. Even if a person curses himself, he is punished by lashes. By lashes. In summary, one who curses a person using God's name transgresses the prohibition, do not curse the deaf. One who curses a judge transgresses two prohibition and receives two sets of lashes. One who curses a nasi receives three sets of lashes. The Mechilta says, the phrase, a nasi of your people do not curse, includes both a nasi and a judge. Why does the Torah also say, do not curse a judge? To punish the person for each prohibition separately. From here our sages said that a person could transgress for prohibition with a single statement. The son of a Nasi who cursed his father, he transgresses the following four prohibition. Cursing the father, cursing his father, a judge, a Nasi, and a Jew. We have therefore explained what we set out to do. The details of this mitzvah are explained in the fourth chapter of Tractate Shavuos. Yeah.